We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, as the Thunder come back to beat the San Antonio Spurs 119 to 111. I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. What a game. What a comeback win for the Thunder tonight over the Spurs. A game in which neither team were at full strength. A game in which things got very strange at different points. A game in which you wondered who would be the player to step up for Oklahoma City. A game in which you wondered who could outtank the other team. We have answers to all of those questions coming off of this game tonight. I'm very, very thrilled that you're here with us, uh, whether you're listening in podcast form or in the live stream. If you were at the game tonight in person, the Paycom Center was hopping. The energy was there. The team was fun. The game was fun. There was a lot to break down. So let's dive in. Five takeaways from tonight's comeback victory for the Thunder over the Spurs. Number one, a tale of two halves. Number two, J-Dub's career night. I already have multiple people in the chat on the live stream that just say J-Dub. J-Dub's career night. Point number two. Takeaway number three, trigger tray. Takeaway number four, next man up. And five, the Baisley effect. Before we dive into all of those, let's do a uh, high-level game summary. Ready? First half bad, second half good. So let's break that down a little bit more. Takeaway number one, a tale of two halves. Oklahoma City tonight looked like garbage in the first half. The San Antonio Spurs are the 29th ranked offense in the NBA. You may note there are 30 teams in the NBA. 
the San Antonio Spurs are statistically the second worst offense in the NBA tonight. Oklahoma City made them look a little better in the first half. In the first half tonight, San Antonio scores 77 points. 77 points. Yikes, dog. Oklahoma City scores 60, which is not bad, but they give up 77 points. The first half defense was non-existent. Absolutely non-existent. Um, embarrassing stuff, quite frankly. The effort was not there. Um, Oklahoma City, it wasn't really like San Antonio was doing anything interesting. Uh, they shot 18 of 21 in the paint. That's a very high number. Uh, I know a guy named Chet Holmgren who maybe could have done something with that. They shot 44% from behind the arc. They only took three mid-range shots. So they were cooking from behind the arc and they were getting whatever they wanted inside. Oklahoma City offered little to no resistance. And listen, I get it. OKC didn't have Shea. I mentioned at the top, neither team at full strength as the Spurs did not uh, have Pirtle available tonight. But um, not great, Bob.jif for the Thunder defense in the first half. But the good news is they don't call the game at halftime. This is a, a tale of two halves for a reason. Oklahoma City, after giving up 77 points in the first half, gives up 34 points in the entire second half, which is a season low for the Thunder defense on the year per Thunder PR. 34 points in the second half, you may note, is one point less than the Thunder scored in, or than the Spurs scored in the first quarter. It is also eight points less than they scored in the second quarter. So both of the first two quarters for the Spurs, they scored more points than they did in the entire second half. Oklahoma City's defense was night and day. Uh, Dagnall was asked post-game like just now, as to what the difference was in the second half on defense, uh, what you know adjustments they made, and he basically said uh, that they cared more. <laughs> they were trying harder. Um, they gave a crap, and I think that that showed itself. the The team was more locked in. Uh, it was really interesting, you know, in the first half when the Thunder defense looked mostly non-existent chatting with Jacob in our uncontested uh, group chat and discussing a little bit about the Thunder defense. They had a really hot start to the year, right? Everybody was talking about the discipline on defense, how good they looked. It was a small-ish sample size, maybe first six, seven, eight games. Oklahoma City was like a top 10 defense. Since then, they're like 24th in the league, not counting tonight but like 24th in the league. They, they've become a very average defensive team outside of the initial start to the season. Something to keep an eye on. You know, it's still a somewhat small sample size. We're only 22 games into this season. There's a long way to go. A lot can change. But the recent trend, say the last 15 games or so, not encouraging for Oklahoma City on the defensive end of the floor. One thing uh, that is interesting to note with the defensive performance tonight uh, that we'll get into more so later is Darius Baisley. Baisley did not play at all in the first half. He was the only healthy, active 
Thunder player who did not log minutes in the first half. He came in in the second half, and I think I think he made an impact on defense. We'll, we'll break that down more so, but I think when you're talking the tale of two halves, you can't ignore uh, the only man who didn't play in one half and played in the other. Next up, takeaway number two, J-Dub's career night. Burying the lead, the thing you're all here for. Uh, like I said, multiple comments in the chat already. J-Dub, take a bow. You wondered, coming into this game, Shea is out. Who's stepping up? Whose night is it? Whose opportunity is waiting for them in this game? And J-Dub said, mine. J-Dub tonight, 25, no, pardon me, 27 points. 11 of 15 shooting, 2 of 3 from behind the arc, 3 of 5 from the line, 6 boards, 2 assists in 33 minutes. J-Dub was everywhere. This was everything you've wanted to see from J-Dub this season. He was all over the floor. He was aggressive. He had a ridiculous dunk, an NBA Jam-esque dunk, I think I called it on the on the Twitter feed tonight. He went up cutting baseline, kind of double clutched. I don't know, like literally the laws of physics might have been defied, but he put that ball in the basket. It was incredible. He was doing J-Dub things all night long. Jacob also mentioned in our in our group chat, you know, probably one of his favorite plays of the night. He had a little righty off the dribble bounce pass to Oos off the pick and roll. Just threaded the needle. His vision was impressive. His IQ was impressive. He had a lot of uh, buckets where he was cutting to the basket off somebody else's drive, and he, he put himself in position to score. He was everywhere. What was really cool was down the stretch, Thunder had him handling the ball. He was bringing the ball up. He was initiating the offense. He didn't do it, you know, solely. I think they kind of shared those duties with SGA not playing tonight. Let a lot of the young guys get some opportunities to handle the ball. But pretty freaking cool for a rookie to to get that opportunity on this team. And I think he he absolutely made the most of it. It is very hard not to be irrationally excited about J-Dub's future after 22 games in the NBA. He hasn't even played 22 games, but 22 games this season is very, very impressive start to his NBA career for J-Dub. You had some national guys taking notice tonight. Uh, Keith Smith talking about how the Thunder have so many different guys that that can create, that can initiate offense. Uh, Stinja37 right on cue in the chat called out the same thing. Nice to have three to four guys that can initiate the offense. That's what we've always talked about with this Thunder team and kind of the mold that we've seen Sam Presti going after is guys with high basketball IQ with a variety of skills. It's not a bunch of specialists. It's not one superstar surrounded by role players. It is a group of players that can be fluid, that can play multiple positions, that can have different roles on the team. And in a night where you don't have arguably this team superstar, probably not arguably, but when SGA is not playing, you have to rely on everybody. You got to get contributions from everybody, but you also need somebody to step up. And tonight, J-Dub absolutely took that torch and stepped up and made the most of his opportunity incredibly fun to watch uh go watch the highlights if you missed it he's he's a special player and i'm very excited to continue to watch his growth in okc 
another player with a great night, taking the most of his opportunity. Takeaway number three, Trigger Trey. Trey Mann, not had a great year. Not a surprise, right? We, we've talked about this. Everybody's talked about it. Heck, Mark Dagnall got asked about it pregame. Got asked about Trey's shooting struggles. He praised Trey, saying he's not letting it affect his work ethic. The ball's not going in the basket, which is frustrating. That's hard to play through. That's not enjoyable. But Trey is still putting in the work. He's still doing the little things. He's eating his broccoli. My words, not Mark's. He's doing the things he needs to do. And tonight, we got a little glimmer. We got a little flash of the Trey man we know and love. 16 points for Trey tonight off 7 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 5 from behind the arc. Three boards, one assist, two steals. Felt like the Trey man I expected to see more this season. Shots were falling. Creation was happening. Uh, even the, you know, some of his his playmaking, some of his defense too, like he felt locked in on both ends of the floor tonight, which is always nice to see from Trey. Really nice to see him kind of find his groove again. He had a three standing on the the Paycom logo, which was awesome. Uh, way, way downtown. Really nice game from Trey Mann. And I think Dagnall hit it on the head before the game. I, I don't know that he anticipated Trey Mann having a game tonight like he did. But it, it's all about continuing to put in the work. These guys are so young. And if you've been anywhere around Thunder Twitter in the last week, you know there's been um, some discourse around Josh Giddy. But like this whole team is so young, it's irrational to bail on anybody yet. Like really, anybody on this roster, all of these young guys they're still being explored. They're still developing. They're still figuring out like what their role could be and what their ceiling could be and what their skill set is. They're finding their place, and that takes time. I think if you've watched Poku this season, you've been rewarded for patience. He's been very up and down, very uh, inconsistent through his time in the NBA. Feels like he's starting to gel a little bit, and he's still one of the youngest players in the NBA. You look at Giddy, you look at Trey Mann, guys that are in their second seasons, you've got to be patient. That's not a lot of game time. It's not a lot of time. They have so much runway ahead of them. They have so much time before they're anywhere close to a finished product. And the Thunder have so much time to continue to develop them, get them into their system, use that coaching and development staff that has become so well-renowned in the NBA to continue to turn these guys into what they want them to be for this Thunder team of the future. They're going to continue to bring guys in. They're, they have enough draft picks to do so, but it's too early to make the call on anybody. And a game like tonight is really nice to see from Trey. I hope it continues. I hope it is a trend. I hope he starts to find his groove again. I was very, very, very high on Trey in the offseason coming into this season. He's not matched where my heart was, but that doesn't mean that he's, uh, you know, not not where he's supposed to be. Still plenty of time. He's going to have ups and downs. He's young, super young. Makes me feel extremely old talking about this team, but he's got so much time to develop, and tonight was a great bounce-back game for Trey Mann. Takeaway number four is next man up. This is my catch-all bucket because, really, when you look around the stat sheet, 
everybody contributed tonight. Every single player scored. Uh, shout out Baisley for hitting that one free throw so that I didn't have to leave you out. Every Thunder player scored tonight. Everyone was contributing. And when you're losing someone like SGA, not available tonight, you need everybody to step up. Obviously, Jada really kind of took that torch, but everybody played a role in that. Uh, you had Trey Mann, like I mentioned, with 16 points. Josh Giddy with 14 points. Lou Dort with 23 points. All great contributions to this team. Uh, Dort, very aggressive, sometimes too aggressive tonight. Definitely finds a way to insert himself uh, at critical moments of the game on both ends of the floor. He had an incredible block tonight. So used to seeing Dort like take charges and make that kind of defensive play. He got up tonight and blocked his old pal, Isaiah Roby. Um, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome block. Started a fast break. I think Oos finished the dunk on the other end. But what we've come to expect from Dort, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Kenny Hustle was making stuff happen as Kenny Hustle does. He had seven boards and ten points tonight. Uh, just Kenny Hustle stuff. Like, what else? what else do you expect? But the guy I want to spend a little extra time on, Usman Jang. We talked about J-Dub, but what about Us, his fellow lottery pick from this year's draft? Us had a very sneaky good game. And I think if not for J-Dub's explosion tonight, we'd probably be raving about Us's performance. 10 points tonight, 5 of 6 from the floor, 7 boards, 
one assist. Us was getting things done. He had two back-to-back dunks at one point in the game, kind of during that Thunder third quarter, which should be trademarked Thunder third quarters. Uh, they continue to to outpace the league in third quarters this season. But he looked really, really nice. His fluidity and agility and smoothness with and without the ball continues to be really impressive to me. Um, but the aggressiveness stood out tonight. Like I mentioned those two dunks, but it felt like he was attacking. He was getting inside. He didn't look as timid as he did. Like thinking back to summer league and preseason, he looks like he's starting to be a little bit more comfortable getting, getting in the lane and doing some of the dirty work, banging, banging with the big boys in the NBA. It's another thing, just like J dub it's, it's hard to temper expectations a little bit with Us because I think what we've seen so far is really exciting. His potential is off the charts. And I mean, we should have known that given how long uh, it was reported that Sam Presti has kind of had his eye on Usman Jang. It was just hard, you know, with the tape available to really know what you were getting. But I think he's starting to develop and get, it feels like things are slowing down for him. He's getting more comfortable and a game like tonight, was really really positive sign for us uh it's this whole like group of rookies that oklahoma city has and, and just young guys in general like first and second year players it's really fun really fun and that was on full display tonight um really really encouraging performances across the board yes i know it was the spurs the spurs are pretty awful this season but you could tell from the crowd like inside the Paycom Center, this team, this team was having a good time. The fans were having a good time. I was having a good time at home. I think everybody was having a good time. Um, and I think it goes to show that like development doesn't have to suck. I think it's been used as a euphemism, you know, over the tanking years of, you know, it's all about development. Like that's what we're really excited about. But like games like tonight show the fun side of development, right? You get in a bad situation. They have a really fun comeback with some great third and fourth quarters. Um, really fun basketball. The ball was moving. A lot of activity, fluidity on offense. Didn't feel stagnant. It didn't feel like the, you know, pickup game style offense that you sometimes see, especially with young teams, cough, cough, Houston Rockets. This team was was clicking, and I think that's really exciting uh, for the future of the Thunder. Number five on our takeaways, our final takeaway tonight, the Baisley effect. I mentioned it earlier. Darius Baisley, the only player, only healthy player, not to play in the first half tonight. As I mentioned, Oklahoma City was down by 17 after the first half. To start the second half, uh, OKC does not start Poku. And then we pretty quickly get Darius Baisley off the bench. And I feel like pretty much immediately his defensive presence was felt. Uh, Baisley, arguably one of the better defenders, especially on-ball defenders on this team this season. And after watching every other Thunder player, um, elect not to play defense in the first half. It kind of made you wonder, like, what's going on with Bays? Is he hurt? And we just didn't know it. Why is he not playing? Regardless of the reason, he gets into the game. 
ends up playing 14 minutes tonight, all in the second half, and has a very positive impact. I know single game plus minus, not a great indicator usually. However, plus 14 tonight for Bays, and I think that's pretty indicative. Like, obviously, a lot of that came with a lot of other things happening in the second half, but you cannot ignore the defensive presence that he brought. It's not a flashy stat sheet, one point three rebounds, one block, right? Not not a lot to write home about, but he did make an impact. He did make an impact on the defensive end of the floor. Offensive end of the floor still leaves things to be desired, but Darius Baisley has has evolved on the defensive end of the floor really nicely, and I think tonight that, that was very obvious. When he came in the game, he not only had great one-on-one defense, but he, he elevated everybody else. There was a play where he, um, I forget who was driving. might've been Keldon Johnson. He kind of redirected Keldon Johnson, who in the first half probably would have just waltzed in for a layup. Bays gets in front of him, funnels him over to Poku's side of the basket. And Poku swats the ball that may or may not have been a pass. Um, but th- that kind of defensive activity was not happening from anybody in the first half. His presence on the floor was felt. Um, however you feel about him, however probably some of my other hosts on this podcast feel about him, um, it's it's interesting. Uh, but I think you cannot ignore what he brought to the game tonight. It's really interesting to look at his minutes distribution. You know, obviously tonight, I mean, mentioned he, he ended up playing 14 minutes tonight. Um, none of those in the first half last game against Nola. He only played six minutes the game before that in Houston, 11 minutes, definitely not a, uh, not the same amount of rotation burn for Bays as what we saw through the beginning of the season where he was routinely up around, you know, 18, 19, 20. That seemed to be kind of the consistent space for Bays. Uh, but over the last three games, small sample size, over the last three games, definitely not getting the same amount of burn. I know Dagnalt has mentioned multiple times that like they're going to change things up. The rotations aren't always going to look the same. I get that. Um, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. I think it's it's very interesting with Darius Baisley and kind of how, how he fits on this team and what his role could look like moving forward. Player of the game tonight, obviously, uh, J Dub. You can't you can't pick anybody else. Another post game interview shower on court for J Dub. Um, super fun. I, every time that happens, which it feels like it's happened quite a bit for this Thunder team, but like it's so much fun. Uh, it it's one of the things I love most about this young team is that kind of camaraderie atmosphere. Like, guy has a big game, and it's happened to a bunch of different guys. You know, we've seen it happen to Shea. We had J-Dub. Um, I feel like Poku got one earlier this year. Maybe not. But every time it happens, it, it's it's super fun. I love watching this team uh, gel and that have that chemistry and camaraderie. It makes them really, really fun to watch. I, I wanted to hit a couple stats that came from Thunder PR tonight. Uh, the Thunder recorded a league-leading fourth 15-point comeback tonight. Going back to last season, OKC has 12 15-point comebacks, which is also the most in the NBA. Uh, Third-quarter Thunder is a real thing. Trademark that now. 
this team. I don't know if they're drinking Michael's secret stuff at halftime. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's happening at halftime, but they come out swinging. It'd be great if they could just like do that from the beginning of the game and not wait till the third quarter. But hey, comebacks are fun too. They they keep the people interested. Oklahoma City uh, now has won two of their last seven games, but also two of their last four. So depending on how you look at things, glass half full, glass half empty, this team uh, has played mostly competitive basketball. The, the game in Houston, maybe not so much, but a lot of their games this season have been competitive. They've been in it. This team is fun. They're they're learning a lot, and I think we're getting to see them grow and develop. Are they a playoff caliber team? I don't think so. Uh, the last time I said that, I got flamed because they were on a four-game winning streak. But now that they are not on a four-game winning streak, um, I'm sticking with it. Maybe others have come to join me on that. <laughs> I don't know. It's an up-and-down season. It's a long season. You're going to have streaks of wins. You're going to have streaks of losses. You're going to have injuries at some point. Someone's going to get hurt and miss a bunch of games. Um, it's just part of the NBA season. And I think this team will continue to have growing pains, but they're going to continue to have really fun nights like tonight. Upcoming schedule, probably primed for some more growing pains. Saturday, they play at Minnesota. Speaking of growing pains, man, remember when people thought Minnesota were going to be good. Uh, Monday at Atlanta. Wednesday at Memphis, Saturday, the next Saturday at Cleveland before finishing off their road trip at Dallas on Monday, December 12th, a game that I will be in attendance at a, a long, arduous road trip tonight, kind of a lone uh, pit stop at home uh, in the midst of this long stretch of road games. It's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit of a test for this team. Um, Atlanta, Memphis, Cleveland, Dallas, those are all going to be really tough challenges on the road for this Oklahoma City team. We'll get to see what they can do. We'll get to see what the young guys can do. Hopefully, get to see what Shea can do. Because while he didn't play tonight, that man is playing like an all-star. Uh, I think it was Chuck. Charles Barkley said he should be starting the all-star game. Let's start the hype train now. SGA, ASG, let's do this thing. Lots of things to be excited about if you're a Thunder fan, including tonight's 119 to 111 comeback victory. If you're listening in podcast form, thank you so much. Jacob tweeted this out, but we had our best month ever last month. Not bad for the black eye of the NBA, if you ask me. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. It's super- Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.